Record Collections and Recollections. Out of the Box, with Mia Hull on FBI Radio. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to FBI Radio 94.5. I'm Mia Hull and this is Out of the Box. It's the show where each Thursday from 12 to 1, I sit down with one person to roll through the stories and songs that have shaped the person they've become. Today, my guest and I are recording from so-called Redfern, which is on unceded land belonging to the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. Before we get into the show today, I want to take this moment to pay my respects to Gadigal elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to any First Nations person listening right now. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. My guest today is artist Faraz Shaheen, and when I say he's an artist, I really mean it. His practice spans performance, semiotics, street dance, ready-made art, digital media, and so much more. He's an innate creative, and today on the show, we're going to talk about all the moments in his life that brought him to be this way and the kind of stories he tells through his practice. We're also going to talk about his latest show, Airtime, which is happening at Merigong Theatre tomorrow. Faraz Shaheen, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So you're an artist. Part of your artistic practice is street dance. Can you maybe walk me through how you first got involved in street dance? Does it happen in the same way that it happens on Step Up? (laughs) Very common question. (laughs) Um, So I guess what interested me in in street dance was music videos. I, I used to watch a lot of music videos with my brothers and we used to copy the moves and, um, Yeah, that's when I was introduced to dance in general, actually. And um, yeah, and in terms of how I started, uh, I guess because of music videos, I was like, you know, into this thing and I didn't know much about it. I just thought it was cool. And then when I met someone that was in that world, um, I really kind of, you know, started asking them questions and they they invited me to to a workshop. to meet the, um, his crew and I met his crew, did the workshop and yeah, and then just things started from there. And I guess um, not all street dancers start in public spaces, but I um, started in practicing in, in the park in Liverpool and a uh, train station, Liverpool train station. Um, so yeah, so there is that cliche that, you know, <laughs> uh, we start on the streets, um, but not everyone does. Uh, some people do. And, and, and that's just the practicality of it, just because it's a free space, mm. um, free space that we could use a lot of space to move around. I guess some have smooth floors, so it makes it more fun. Mm. Um, and yeah, but then there's some great street dancers that also start in studios with mirrors and move on from there. When you said that you were interested in it alone or like through watching videos before you met that friend that introduced you to everyone, were you kind of learning dances on your own and just doing it in your room? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I used to watch a lot of YouTube videos. And then and then in high school, you know, none of my friends were dancers, but um, they, they knew me as the kid that likes to muck around in, in recess and mm. lunchtime. Uh, and I, I guess I used to kind of mock it in a way but i mocked it but also enjoyed it secretly Mm. until i gained the confidence to do it and not just mock it like actually do it for the for the joy of it for the freedom of expression um but yeah it started as as me just (laughs) learning things of youtube how to how to dougie how to do the moonwalk you know the, the the very mainstream popular 
dancers mm. music videos and yeah I feel like I would find it so intimidating to approach a crew at Liverpool Station and start dancing with them <laughs> especially if you've just been doing it you know mucking around at school yeah is it a nice environment to learn how to dance in and did you have mentors kind of holding your hand through that process while you're learning yeah yeah I had some great mentors um everyone's really friendly of course in Australia it's a small community so when someone you know shows interest you really want them to be into it because it's you know it's like more people to train with more people to join you in events and all that stuff so everyone was excited that I was into it very friendly and showing me around showing me the moves explaining to me the history of it um yeah and and you know I had one mentor and that mentor uh introduced me to another mentor and then it, it went on from there um and all the mentors that I've had have taught me something uh, either it's like you know work ethic or, or style or um you know how to choreograph uh yeah and and my mentors change depending on what my uh what I'm curious in or what what I want to achieve um so my mentors now are very different to where I started mm. um where it was more like I just want to know this style of dance but now it's more general choreographic practice I have mentors that are teaching me about dramaturgy I have mentors that are explaining to me more about contemporary um kind of history contemporary dance history and um yeah so it's 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 evolving and I think that's because it is so small um having a mentor really changed the game mm. uh for me yeah I was gonna ask why you stuck around in street dance after you'd kind of learnt the craft but it sounds like you never stopped learning the craft yeah you never learn and there's um i guess there's so street dance is the umbrella term for multiple styles so un underneath street dance you got you got crump you got hip-hop you got popping locking street dance is just the i guess a general term that we use to describe um these dance styles that were born mainly in, in um, America, by African-American culture or Latino culture. Um, and yeah, and so we, so within street dance, I, I could be, I could really know a lot about popping, but then, you know, I, the next day I could start doing house dance or I could start locking. So that, you know, between all the styles, it'll take you mm -hmm. forever to learn. Um, learn them all so that keeps keeps me on my feet uh it excites me and each each dance style has its own history own culture so there's um so much to really uh learn about and and experience um different feelings different expression so yeah and and i guess where i'm at now is is you know learning about these street dances and and uh really kind of enjoying them and experiencing them but then asking questions on how how they could transform in in the context that I, i'm in whether it's uh it's a theater or whether it's a, at a party or whether um i'm doing a workshop how can i um i use these tools or or these feelings in in a different way to, to build something else for me or for others um yeah and and that could yeah that could be that could be related to to creating work or or just creating more public spaces for people to to dance in and yeah mm. i think the the more i know about these these street styles the the more ideas i, I get and i'm just really keen to explore mm. to keep exploring the way you talk about conveying ideas or conveying feelings through dance 
it makes it sound like so much more than just this physical thing that you do, but as an art form and all the way up until one o'clock today, we're going to talk about your artistic practice, which extends far beyond street dance. And we'll talk about the things you've made in your life and the things that brought you to being an artist. We're also going to listen to the songs that soundtracked your life for us. And you've chosen one by Flying Steps to start. <laughs> Why'd you pick this song? Um, so I, I was introduced to Breaking or, or a breaking crew through this song. So their music video was was a, had um, amazing dancers doing some really cool moves. And my brothers and I were just watching it and blown away trying to copy it. Um, the The song was created by a dance crew, which is which doesn't happen that much, especially back then. And the crew's uh, called Flying Steps. They're still around, actually. They have their own dance academy they 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 do live shows um and i don't know if they create music still but they did and um yeah and i really enjoyed it and it kind of every time i hear it i remember just mucking around my brothers trying to do baby freezes or, or trying to pop and and um yeah it's just really enjoy it you're listening to out of the box on fbi radio 94.5 i'm mia hull i'm sitting down with artist faraz shaheen who chose this song it's called we are electric by flying steps You're listening to FBI Radio 94.5 DAB or if you're streaming via the podcast or on our website, fbiradio.com. That song was called We Are Electric. It was by Flying Steps and the chooser was artist Faraz Shaheen, my guest on the show today. Before we played it, we talked about your life as a street dancer in Liverpool and surrounds, but your life starts in Dubai for us. Mm. Do you have many memories from living there? Yeah, um very different environment uh very hot <laughs> um life was uh quite simple actually i guess maybe because i was quite young um i remember the objective was just to get really good marks at school <laughs> um there wasn't as many uh activities outside of school um and yeah it, it i had really connections with a uh, good connections with with school friends over there I still talk to them even though I was you know I was like 11 when I left mm. um, so build some really great uh, memories with them and yeah that's this it's very uh, general my memory um, I mm. remember I remember you know I went to an American I went to an American school when I was in Dubai so the focus was English and I guess that explains a bit why I have a bit of an American accent when I speak because um, they taught us in, in in an American kind of format. So you went to an international school. Yeah. Was there a reason for that? Uh, I think my mom knew that we were going to leave at one point, either to America or somewhere else. So she wanted me to focus on English, all my brothers. Um, so, yeah, so taking us to an international school kind of 
helped us learn science, math, all that in English. And in other schools in Dubai, you'd learn those things in, in Arabic. Mm. Uh, we still learned Arabic, but it was a, it was one subject. Mm. Um, even Arabic, actually, we did, I, I did special Arabic, so Arabic for non-Arabs, but I am, I, I, I do speak Arabic with my family and we do speak Arabic. So that was interesting. Um, I do love and love that idea and I don't love the idea because I, now I kind of wish that I didn't go to special Arabic and I actually focus on Arabic because I'm, I feel like it's hard to maintain it mm. here because everyone, like, I don't get to speak it as much. So I'm slowly losing it, but I, I, I'm starting to put the effort to, you know, try and read and write and speak to as many people as I can, mm. which wasn't the case when I was growing up in Australia. I was trying to catch up um, to, to, you know, enhance my... Um, my speaking and and i guess my accent and so english was the focus um now that i i'm okay at speaking at that i want to try and get better at arabic yeah <laughs> i'm okay i'm just okay <laughs> yeah you said you moved to australia when you were 11. yeah why did your family move here um so it's quite tricky to become a citizen in dubai my family is palestinian so when my dad moved to Dubai to kind of work and start his career, he um, he knew that it wasn't going to be a permanent thing because the reputation is that, you know, you have to do something remarkable to, to become, uh, you know, a citizen. And he worked there for 25 years and still not a citizen. So that's kind of the, the nature of, of that. What work was he doing? He was a bank manager, mm. actually. And that wasn't remarkable enough? Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, like to be considered as a local there, it's it's quite tricky. It's, I guess, different, different, like format, different government, different ideas. Mm. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of like you go there, you build, you build your career, start a family and leave. It's, it's quite, it's quite common. Um, my uncle is, is still there with his family, but they're also um, planning to leave and, yeah. So when we all started, like when my older brothers started going to uni, about to go to uni they thought now is a good time um to to find a place with good education and yeah so they really they really moved for for the kids which is something that's super special and i i keep reminding myself you know how lucky i am that that they brought us here because you know so many opportunities um with school with oh i don't know if i would have been a, an artist um if i lived there mm. so it's it's kind of like not that it's um it's not a place with opportunity but it's a different um different mindset and harder to i guess to break through the mentality of artists don't work or mm. it's hard to ma maintain a living i kind of always put myself in their shoes and and i realized that they just say the things that say f to for the you know because they want the best for me and and every every you know parent wants their kids kids to succeed and i guess their success means uh is very different to to what i think is mm. success so um so yeah so there there was that pressure of you know yeah do do your thing dance and stuff but okay at one point you got to drop that and start doing something else and i guess once they realized that I, i'm not going to do that mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is like a thing that i'm serious about um you know, they started supporting me and they started seeing how much I was learning, you know, and how much I was experiencing. And um, yeah, so it's I guess it was just try, trying to introduce to them 
my world and and all the aspects that come with it mm. not and just and not what they know about it because i think there's a lot of stereotypes and there's a lot of perceptions about being an artist or being a dancer and especially for a family that um you know that comes from a, a middle eastern background it th there's not many people around them that that do this so there's no example so once they realized that they started meeting my friends they started seeing mm. more artists they they realized like oh okay he's this he, it seems suitable for him <laughs> <laughs> it's not for everyone but for me they they realize it's you know yeah. it suits my personality it suits it's it's making me happy and and um that's that's at the end of the day that's what they care about which so is really nice yeah yeah and so you moved to southwest sydney when you yeah. came to australia i mean as a young palestinian family what was it like to settle there it was a bit tricky for my parents because they didn't know many people um we moved to southwest sydney because we had one family we were close with um who who are palestinian so so it was it felt like the, the smartest choice i guess for my parents to, to move close to them they helped us out a lot um but i guess building a community um and and you know socializing with like-minded people for them uh, it took a while uh for us like for the kids it was easier because we went to school we had an outlet but for them you know they came and they and they tried to to find jobs in in companies and you know be employed but it was a bit tricky so they had to start their own thing their own business which meant that there isn't that um network you know mm. that they're exposed to that so they kind of went a bit solo for a while but then but then they get introduced to this family who introduces them to this family and slowly the mm. community started to build um yeah but southwest Sydney was an interesting choice for them because obviously there's other um, areas in, in Sydney that had more of a, um, a Palestinian population or more of Arabic-speaking people, um, which would have made it a bit cruisier. But I think they, they really like it over mm -hmm. there now and, and they're really familiar and they made, yeah, they made friends through uh, different kind of groups and communities and work. Uh, yeah, their business is close to other businesses and they they all kind of hang out with each other after work and have a bit a few chats during lunch and stuff and and it's, it's nice <laughs> to see them get to that point yeah because yeah. it wasn't like that at the start oh, well especially you know you said your dad spent 25 years working in dubai yeah to come and start again would yeah so much yeah. And, and yeah his qualifications are also like in arabic so yeah even though he did uni he did all that um it kind of it wasn't legitimized it wasn't uh, kind of taken as serious mm. here as it did over there. Um, yeah, which which I guess a lot of migrant families uh, have to go through, and and um, but they but they they managed to find something that they could uh, build there, which which was good. Mm. Yeah, you said it was easier for the kids to make friends so. through school. I yeah. guess one of the reasons that it was easier for you guys as well because. You had a Guitar Hero set in your house. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about that. Oh yeah, like Guitar Hero was was the <laughs> jam. I I remember us getting really competitive. Like my my brothers and my friends, we were all into it. So I st I started playing it with with my brothers, and then 
all of a sudden my friends started getting some and um it was really fun because you know we we got we were introduced to new songs and we and i always wanted to play the drums and own a drum kit but no chance my mother said it was too loud and she was just i i tried like birthday after birthday after birthday i tried to ask for a drum kit but understandable so i got guitar hero and i just you know i just got hooked to it yeah good yeah i was like (laughs) yes this is what i i guess i could have got an electric drum kit but it wasn't it wasn't as popular and they were pretty pricey back then so um yeah, very happy, very happy that we got Guitar Hero and we got super competitive and my friends would come over, I would go to their house and yeah, it was nice. Yeah, I think sports and gaming actually helped me make uh, a lot of friends, mm. especially sports. And and I got into gaming a little bit, but but uh, when when I realized that um you know, how many games that are out there and how long it takes to be how long you need to play to be really good i was like no nah, i don't want to spend that much time mm. on the computer or on the xbox or whatever um so it's so a sports what was my go-to <laughs> to make friends and and i'm lucky i was lucky that i was into sports because it was a really quick way and and um fun way to to make friends especially mm. fo- football or soccer and yeah. even though you did sports in high school you would eventually come back to art which we'll talk about in a couple of minutes time but first let's play a song from the guitar hero game you've chosen a lincoln park track to play on out of the box today is there a reason that you picked faint i just i just had a lot of energy and and got me really hyped especially playing it on guitar hero it was really fun to play because because the certain rhythm that it had yeah it's cool on out of the box on fbi radio 94.5 this is faint by lincoln park let go watching you turn your back like you always do face away and pretend that i'm not but i'll be here because you're all that i got Sometimes I don't make sense. Lincoln Park. It was faint on FBI Radio 94.5. I'm Mia Hull. I'm joined by the person who chose that song, artist Faraz Shaheen. And before we played it for us, we were talking about your interest in sport in school. But I reckon you must have been interested in art as well. Was there maybe a moment in your life where you started to take art more seriously? Yeah, it was um, during HSC time. I I really didn't like studying. <laughs> uh, I had a I had a problem with studying actually. Just didn't have the patience. My attention wasn't there, and visual arts was the only thing keeping me motivated and going. And I had a really good relationship with my visual arts te- teacher. Actually, I I I owe a lot to her because she really motivated me to to do something in the creative field after school. And she introduced me to. Um, all the design courses that um, the unis in in Sydney had and yeah and and when I had that as a goal I think it helped me push through this crazy time of HSC which I don't think is still called HSC nowadays but is it called HSC? I don't know I don't know not sure it's (laughs) been a while HSC when I did it (laughs) yeah anyway the final exams that you do in school Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah so that that made me realize like like how like what I could cope with at uni like I I definitely 
I wouldn't have lost it in anything that needed memorizing or or anything related to math or whatever. As soon as I walk into um, the visual art studios that we had, I, I felt like really comfortable and happy. And, and I was like, oh, of course, this mm. is what I need to do. Like, I guess also that mentality of it, I didn't have many artists around me and none of my not many of my family are in the creative field. So I never saw that as, a, as an option until I was introduced to more people, uh, more courses and um, game changer. Yeah, mm. I think I think it all comes down to what you, what you surround yourself with and and who you're exposed to in terms of um, in terms of like the, the openness that you have of what is successful, or what is a, what can be a career what kind mm. it's interesting that that emerged to you kind of just before you're supposed to start enrolling in uni yeah it must have just been yeah complete change in direction for you yeah what, what did your art kind of look like at that age <laughs> very um literal um i used to draw a lot in primary school and i think that stopped when i was getting into sports so when i picked it up again in end of high school i guess i i started trying to create drawings that are as as real as possible still life kind of stuff um a lot of faces hands you know things that could show expression um and yeah and that kept going until i studied design at uni and then i realized like oh it doesn't all have to be realistic it doesn't all have to be literal um and yeah started kind of going into more abstract kind of drawings uh, some some by hand some by computer and i guess so that at that time did you yeah. want to become a graphic designer not when i was in high school but when i started the design course mm. which is which was great for me because the design course that i picked had a bit of everything it had photography it had graphic design I ended up doing videography as an elective. So it kind of sh showed me a bit of everything. And at that time, I didn't know exactly what I wanted. So, um, so yeah. And then once I, I started doing that, I realized that, oh, graphic design is, is, um, is something that I would, I can see myself doing for a while. But even, even that I wasn't hundred percent con convinced. And I still did a lot of photography things and I did a lot of films and I kept doing those things so I, I guess I never ended up specializing in in anything mm. some people that were studying with me ended up you know focusing on whether it's web or or branding or whatever but I I think I, I kept kept this mentality of of uh, I'm just gonna explore it explore it all mm. and, well it's yeah. interesting because you know at the start of the show when you were talking about street dance you talked about it as almost a vessel to convey feelings and yeah. ideas and it kind of just sounds like you're constantly looking for ways to convey feelings yeah. and ideas, whether that's through your photography or your graphics. Yeah. And I mean, when you're at uni studying design, was that kind of parallel by the time you were learning street dance? Too? Yeah, yeah. It was interesting time. And that's why it's always tricky to, to timeline these kind of disciplines because they were going hand by hand. And, and, and one was kind of like started off as a hobby and in the one I was studying at uni, which is design, I knew that like I'm, I'm doing it at uni, so I'll probably end up doing it as work. So, um, so they kind of went along together, learning a bit of dance, learning a bit of design, and then dance started becoming more serious, and and then design also was serious. I started doing both as work, um, 
and I guess I guess I I used dance as a motivation to to do my my other stuff my design work and and film and and sooner you know sooner or later it started beca- becoming one and and my you know I started filming my own dance videos I started doing you know uh, That's so interesting. like posters for myself yeah for, for my classes and stuff just really kind of cheesy stuff and then and now I'm d- I do design work for theater companies for you know some filming for um for live shows and stuff so it's it's intersecting more and more mm-hmm. each day and I and I and I really like that and I'm glad it went that way it wasn't really intentional to begin with but now it is inten- now that I know it's possible it is intentional and I hope to keep growing that way it's amazing yeah. though because you could take a project from start to finish all on your own and like <laughs> be involved at every step of the creative process which yeah is so cool to yeah have such a fulsome idea of what your artworks look like mm. and I love that you first started being interested in dance through watching music videos and now you can you know choreograph yeah. film edit do the graphics for and yeah. like post them yourself yeah it's a very big full circle moment yeah um and in a few minutes I kind of want to talk about where contemporary dance style and where dancing in a more formal setting kind of comes into play but first we'll play a song it's by Katy Perry <laughs> interesting pick from you for us why yeah. did you want to play this one on out of the box today uh it's like a love hate relationship with this song there's a line in it that you'll hear soon called uh, that says, do you ever feel like a plastic bag? And it came around during uni days. Um, and I, I heard this line and, and I, it was it confused me. I'm like, should I laugh at this or is this actually genius? And I kept singing this line to my friends and they, and, and they just couldn't figure out if I actually like this song or if I'm making fun of it. And I, I still do that till this day and I don't know if I like it or not. So maybe if I hear it, now i'll find out but i don't think mm-hmm. i'll yeah so it's like it's a yeah it's a it's a song that that is like on the line on the edge for me it's like you know do do we like this or do we not well, hopefully yeah hopefully mm-hmm. one day i'll find out this mysterious answer and you've also got a show called plastic yeah Bag. yeah are this, they related um the the it's it's about the show is about perception and i think the reason why i connected it to this song is is because it's it's this thing about um you know someone singing a song over and over again might might be perceived as that they love this song but it's and actually it's it's the opposite and it's it's how we kind of see this thing so the song comes up a little bit in the show but the it's just the title to connect it to to this feeling that i have about it which is you know, this is kind of like I don't, I don't know feeling. You know, I was like, is is it? Do I love? Does Faraz? Do I ever feel he, like a plastic yeah, bag? Yeah. Do I? Is Faraz obsessed with this song? Does this does this line mean anything? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Chosen by Faraz Shaheen on Out of the Box on FBI Radio ninety four point five. It's Firework by Katy Perry. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag drifting through the wind, wanting to start again? chance for you cause there's a spark in you you just gotta ignite the light and let it shine just on the night like the fourth of july cause baby you're a fire 
Firework. It was Katy Perry on FBI Radio 94.5. I'm Mia Hull. I'm sitting down with the chooser of that song, artist for us, Shaheen. And we were talking about this period in your life during uni where you're kind of practicing a million different art disciplines, what it felt like. And dance kind of emerged as something more important to you. I want to talk about taking your street dance style to a contemporary space because in my mind doing that means you're kind of interacting with people who've been dancing their whole lives and maybe mm. have learnt dance in a more traditional setting. Was that your experience? Yeah, it was It was like that. Um, I guess uh, I, I started, you know, started doing it with friends as a hobby and all of a sudden I'm in these very legit spaces with uh, with a lot of support and a lot of kind of outcomes <laughs> um, and the people around me were, were great, uh, very, you know, very well trained and, and have have background in so many kind of skills. So so it, it became a reality, re- reality really quickly. And I guess it made me really think about what I want to achieve in this space and who I am and like, I guess, what is my role here? Um, yeah. And, and I think and I think that that helped me uh to create to push my uh ability to create new work um if i was surrounded by people with similar backgrounds uh as me i think it would have maybe restricted me to to creating the same thing but Mm. getting introduced to you know someone that's been dancing since they were three and they went to new york or they went to europe to train in these amazing schools dance schools and stuff it, it kind of opens my mind and, and um i guess gets me to question like okay they they've trained that way how did i train what's my foundation um what community do i belong to so all these questions help me develop the 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 new contemporary i guess work that i work in mm. um it's interesting the way you talk about it because it doesn't sound like you were actually starting on the back foot at all but just on a different foot yeah, I mean, now I feel like different foot, but it, there's a lot of insecurities that uh, happened when I started because there were like, you know, there was a really small amount that was coming from a street uh, dance background in Australia that doing, you know, in contemporary spaces. So I didn't have that many uh, examples to kind of look at or um, there, there, there was a great mentor of mine, Nick, Nick Power, who's still a mentor. I guess he helped me realize that I don't have to do it this way. I can do it. So that helped with, with my confidence. But yeah, it did. It was a bit, it did feel like a disadvantage a bit uh, at the start. But now, now the more I understand about, the more I understand about this, this space and, and the, the methodologies, I guess, that happen within this space, I start to, to realize that, oh, I actually do have tools, but the tools look different than other people. I do have... I do have uh, certain movement qualities, but they look different or they feel different. Mm. Um, I might not be able to touch my toes, but it's okay <laughs> because I can do this other thing. And I think that helped me, but I'm still trying to um, aim to learn these new skills. I'm, I'm still trying to be more flexible. I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm keen to know the, uh, you know, the things that um, people that went to full-time schools know. Mm. But I also want to make sure I maintain this street dance kind of uh, background and 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 blend it in with other things. It's not necessarily that I'm stuck to the street dance, but I think street dance kind of 
the culture have and the com being a part of the community has has taught me so much about my myself and my personality and what I like and what I don't like. Mm -hmm. So I always end up kind of drawing to it, um, which 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 is nice to to have. To, and it's nice to belong to a community, a very amazing community, especially in Sydney. I always um, try to go to to dance battles and and uh, street dance kind of jams. Do you still dance outside? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a very popular spot in Darling Harbour uh, called ICC. So, uh, and, um, sorry, it's not... The The building is called ICC and it's in the laneway near the building and, and it's a very popular spot for, for dancers to go to and practice and I, I usually go there. I think I've seen there. that because people yeah. can kind of see themselves in the reflection on the class. Yeah, yeah. The council yeah. was realized that um you know dancers are using that space to practice so they built a few kind of reflective uh material metal things and not really mirrors but they are, they are being mm. used as mirrors um and yeah and it's great and i i find, I find that like a, uh, an act like that by a council is 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 goes goes a long way because so many people use that yeah. space and more and more each day are using that space so so I do practice outside sometimes, yeah. So when we talk about the contemporary dance space, yeah. that's quite broad. Yeah. I mean, what does that look like? Does that mean you're performing in plays? Can you walk me through maybe yeah. some of the highlights of contemporary dance for you? Yeah, contemporary space is broad. I guess the word <laughs> contemporary is very uh, controversial and, <laughs> and a bit confusing. And um, I'm still trying to figure out what that is. Um, but I guess I'm referring to um, doing full length shows, like an hour, an hour and a half show, um, possibly in a theater, possibly outside as like a site specific show. Um, and and I guess that's what I'm working in at the moment, trying to develop new shows. And they're, they don't necessarily always have to be full length, but um, most of them are the ones I'm, I'm a part of. And that's what I'm working towards now just build my own full-length shows um after after being part of other projects um and yeah choreographing um you know creating kind of like a new movement language to to delve into uh, a concept whether it's um about street dance or whether it's about a specific um human behavior or whether whatever whether it's about a country um yeah so that's i guess that's the the ideas i'm working with and and next to that i i'm trying to also build more kind of installation works of things that could um sit in galleries sit in public spaces um sometimes interactive sometimes not um and yeah so that's <laughs> kind of what I'm building at the moment and I guess I guess that I'm not trying not to restrict myself to one format or the other some yeah so now I'm I'm, I'm working on a a research kind of project on um, supported by City of Sydney and Critical Path on how to find more spaces to dance in in public which has been really interesting so doing a lot of research on on um street dance and and or, or just other activities that are happening in sydney in public and how we could help create more safe spaces to to, to do that I'm, I'm doing this project with um amazing street dancer b-girl um 
Rachel Gunn. Her name, her B girl name is uh, Ray Gunn. And um, yeah, we're, we're working together to, to, to hopefully build these spaces. Right now it's just research stage, but I think to me that like that's where my head is at the moment. And sometimes it's, yeah, like my day starts researching and then the next week I'm doing rehearsals nine to five for a show and then the next week I'm doing a digital installation mm. um, for a gallery space and yeah it's kind of all over this uh, place um, and it, it can be a bit like confusing and overwhelming but it I try to think of it as a as a overall picture that feeds into each other what I learn in this project I'm applying in this project and applying and I think that helps me uh, helps me hold those all those kind of elements together mm. yeah otherwise I would feel lost <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I do <laughs> for us in a couple of minutes we're gonna talk about a show that you're doing at the moment yeah. and what the future holds for you the next track you've chosen is called Dazzle Dan it's by Kez93 and Taylor Westbrook I don't know these artists who are they um, very good friends of mine and they're part of my crew um, dance crew um, they're great dancers but they also make amazing music and they they um, I'm Dazzle Dan and they made a <laughs> they made a song about me and Dazzle Dan is the name that's not really connected to anything because my name is Faraz Dazzle doesn't like doesn't you know connect to Faraz or, or anything I think it just rolled in you know, rolled really nicely and sounds nice, Dazzle Dance. So they just started calling me Dazzle Dance. Dazzle, Dazzle Dan one day, especially when I'm doing really flashy moves and trying to entertain the crowd. It's kind of like dazzling the crowd. And um, yeah, and then and then my friend Kieran just like, hey, I, ma I made you a track. And and then he played this track and then I started dancing to it. It's <laughs> a, it a great memory of mine. I'm like, oh, you actually did a Dazzle Dance song. And <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess I'm Dazzle Dan, <laughs> and this song is about me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you for choosing it, Dazzle Dan. <laughs> it is called Dazzle Dan by Kez ninety three, featuring Taylor Westbrook. Kez93 featuring Taylor Westbrook on FBI Radio 94.5. The song was called Dazzle Dan and it was chosen by Dazzle Dan, also known as artist Faraz Sheen, <laughs> my guest on the show today. And since 12 o'clock, we've been talking about your artistic practice, which takes shape as dancing a lot. You've actually got a show coming up where we can see that happen in real life. It's called Airtime. Can you maybe tell me what someone sitting in the audience watching airtime will see? Yeah, um, a lot of airtime. Um, Branch Nebula is a great physical theatre company that creates uh, work um, that is usually inspired by street styles. So I'm referring to skating, BMX, parkour, dance. Um, and yeah, and they, and they have around 24 years experience um, build, building uh, performances based on these subcultures and I guess airtime is a collision of 
all the experiences that they've had, all the ideas, the methodology that they've built as a company into one, which is really exciting because they have a lot of great shows under their belt and a lot of uh, uh, great kind of concepts. Um, so airtime is an experimentation um, that that involves skaters, BMX, parkour, dance, and a roller skater um, in a in a in a in an indoor space that has a a built especially built uh, skate park or, or skate setup. Um, a lot of explosions, a lot of collisions, collaboration between these disciplines. Um, it's kind of like uh, we're, we're flowing with the space, but we're also interrupting the space. We're colliding with the space and each other. Sometimes you might experience someone's flow. Sometimes you might experience someone's quirkiness. Um, and then other times you might see see things combined that you've never seen before. So that's mm. the idea is like, how do these dis disciplines live together and the potential that they can, um, you know, provide in, in, a, in, in this context. A lot, of, a lot of fresh ideas, a lot of new kind of uh, fusions is a good word. Mm. Fusions, yeah you're gonna have to come and see it yeah <laughs> and i guess i mean what is the fusion that you brought to it or what was your role yeah. in bringing airtime to life yeah i guess we all have our our um, disciplines in the show but then sometimes it, they blend in together sometimes we add on with our other skills so i'm i'm i guess coming in with the movement quality street dance kind of component but i also have a bit of experience using certain objects um, like soccer balls, basketballs, uh, shoes. Um, I do a, a lot of tricks with shoes and yeah, kind of like, and the show is uh, revolved around um, the relationship between us as performers, but also the objects in the space, a lot of kind of construction related objects and, um, you know, pipes and, and barrels and, yeah, so so I guess I'm just kind of trying to to add on to that with the experience that I have with with um with experimenting with all different items and objects and materials how how materials can add towards our movement mm. whether we're we're skating through something or we're sliding or we're jumping adding these materials really makes a changes the perspective and make creates a new context for mm. for us i'm so excited to see what that will actually look like in real life and to see the space in the specially built skate park skate yeah. ramp <laughs> yeah, yeah. for it so if you'd like to see it too it's happening at marigong theater in wollongong tomorrow friday the 20th of april at marigong theater from 7 30 and then again on saturday the 22nd of april there are two shows on saturday one at 1 30 p.m and one at 7 30 p.m tickets to that are 49 dollars for adults and i'll put all the details on the programs page on fbiradio.com so you can get tickets or look at showtimes or whatever it is you like for us i mean outside of airtime what does the future hold for you uh, you're developing new work, making more dance films, building new collaborations with different disciplines, and yeah, just um, just going with the ride and going with the flow. And I guess it, 
people can can um, check it out either on my Instagram or website if they're interested. There isn't there isn't one big major project. There's a lot of little exciting stuff. So mm. I hope I hope um, people join in for the ride. <laughs> You've also got a life project happening, which is traveling with your partner. Ah, yes. Tell me about that plan. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so my partner and I are just kind of starting a, a, a new life together, uh, getting married in June, which is really soon. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, which is very exciting. And um, we have a little little dog. His name is Milo. He's really awesome. And we're, we're, just, uh, we're just trying to experience new places um, to live and hopefully f- find the, the place that kind of suits us and our personalities. Right now we're in Hobart. Um, I'm living between Hobart, Nipaluna and um, Southwest Sydney. And it's been, it's been interesting living and working in these two spaces and, you know, learning a lot in, in these spaces. And maybe later we can try somewhere outside of this country and maybe we come back uh, to this amazing country and yeah maybe sydney maybe, we'll see what we are mm-hmm. we are doing the whole trial and error thing um and then and then hopefully we'll we'll kind of not i wouldn't say settle but maybe just chill a bit and and uh, focus on other things rather than traveling <laughs> well let's play yeah. a song for your partner yeah. now it's by daniel caesar featuring her why did you pick it um we when we first started dating we talked a lot about music so we decided to make a spotify playlist and this song was in the playlist and um it was one of our favorites and i guess yeah every time i hear that song i remember our early days as a couple <laughs> um very cheesy very cute and but now you're getting married but now we're getting married so that yeah so it's kind of nice to to have the beginnings to mm. think about the beginnings because you never expect you never like you know to tell yourself ah oh, i'm going to i'm going to marry this person in the, in the first few dates you know but here we are we're, <laughs> we're getting married i um, guess this is your sign to create that collaborative playlist with your crush if yeah. you've been thinking about that as well cool well we'll jump into that song in a moment for us but first i just want to say thank you so much for joining me on out of the box it's been so nice learning about your life thanks for having me (laughs) i appreciate it this song is called best part it's by daniel caesar featuring her chosen by my guest on out of the box today for us shaheen who is an artist in every sense. If you did want to catch for us's show airtime happening at Marigong Theatre, that will be on Friday tomorrow, the 21st of April from 7.30. And then there are two shows on the Saturday uh, at 1.30 and at 7.30. I'll put all the details to that on the programs page on fbiradio.com. While you're on the programs page, you can also listen back to this show, look at the full list of songs that for us brought to the show and check out any of the information in regards to the things that we've spoken about you can also listen back by the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and do stay tuned lunch is right around the corner fbi i just want to see i just want to see how beautiful